2: The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. Our province's older people deserve to live independently and affordably in their own communities and homes. Learn more and join the movement at skseniorsmechanism.ca.
3: And wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. This show is brought to you by Nelson Holmes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Not going to lie, working on small amount of sleep. Got in with the Rough Riders at 3 o'clock. I know, first world problems, ballsy. You get the broadcast CFL games and talk sports for a living. Very true. But I thought I'd get at least six, seven hours of shut-eye. Did mornings for 25 years. Everybody's like, how do you love sleeping in? Well... Uh, My very first day sleeping in, I didn't because I picked my uh, daughter up from a grad bush party. Uh, Then it was a short CFL week, so I had to be in here working and interviewing guys at different times. And then last night I get in, and uh, then this morning we got the, some renovations going on at our house, and the boys are there to work at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. So uh, not much of a sleep for Ballsy, so I'll try to make it through here. Uh, always welcoming Your text. You got that hype horn zinger ready to go? I know I told you later, but get that hype horn going there. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Pick up your phone and text me up. Radio roll call. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get her going. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. People are loving that in the broadcast when we're calling their names out. So let's do it here on the Sports Cage, the number one sports show in the province. I'll make you famous. It's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. That sounded like an alarm. It's still the, rolling. It sounded like, uh, like an alarm for the Riders yesterday. They were not ready to go. Speaking of being asleep and being sleepy. Yeah, they were looking bad. Yeah, was. but I mean, come on. We expected that. We'll get into that in our uh, yeah. pick six. At least I did. I won a, a few dollars on that betting, uh, betting on uh, spreads.ca. I want to give a shout-out to a couple of people listening. First off, to... Uh, Corey Ginther used to be a sportscaster in Saskatoon. I think he's living in Lethbridge now. Is uh, Corey? Yeah, Corey and his we- uh, son Carson always check us out on the sports cage, and they're uh, resorting to muting TSN and listening to our broadcast because okay. they like it so much. And I appreciate that. I'm not saying that to. Uh, uh, to brag or anything. We've had a lot of people say ballsy. I'd listen to you and Luke because I'm loving it But you're either ahead or behind depending on how I'm listening now if you're listening on conventional radio Which I don't know how many people have in their homes anymore like an actual radio I think you're a little ahead of the broadcast, but if you're on the CKRM app, which I encourage you all to get You're behind the broadcast I'm not an expert on the zinger because I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm actually doing the games then. Mm-hmm. But I would assume that you could just, if you're watching the game on a PVR, you just, don't you just, pause the TV till you catch up to our broadcast or vice versa. That's the
4: easiest way to do it. And then
3: start the game and then don't touch the TV like you can't switch channels you can't do anything just leave it on and it should once you sync it up so do it.
4: That's what I do for Packer games So so do
3: it at a commercial break or do it after we score a touchdown or something like that where you know it's a notable situation in the broadcast and get her going. That's Mm -hmm. what you do so do it. Do it if that's what you want to do. Do it anyway. Hi to Carson and Corey Ginther. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Also, uh, getting ready to leave on a long trip is uh, Trish Langelier. She's listening in Saskatoon. On where's the she going? Uh, I think she's going to Belize. If I'm not mistaken, she's going to check it out. She's Belize. She, she might change her life. She might go live there. She's just trying to check it out. I wish I could just pick up and do things. Where, where's Belize, by the way? I don't. It's not here. Uh, it's not here. It's okay. warm. It's be- I don't even know where Belize is. Uh, I was gonna look it up, but yeah, look it up. Uh, I'll look we got a up. thing called a Google machine. Anyway, while you do that, we have a thing called Rider or sorry, check that. Sports Central Cage, America. Central America. It's called Sports Cage Rewind. So when it's not Rider season, we take our favorite bitter interview of the week and replay it later in the show. When it is rider's season, the day after a game. So in this case, Friday or it'll be a Monday because the other games would be in, on the schedule on the weekend. We will go back and look at the highlights. So I don't know if we could really call this a highlight package if you're a Rider fan, but here's how the game sounded in edited form on 620 CKRM. Ball and Worthy catches it at his 22 on the near side, across the 30, across the 35, 40, 45, 50. He's on the run, and he could go! Chandler Worthy! Now fakes the hand up. He's going to throw it out here. one is catch. What a play by Eugene Lewis. And it'll be close to a first down. Whoa. Here's the kick. It's up. And it's good. He's corrected his mistake. And it's 10-0. Montreal lead 39. Cody takes the shotgun snap. Throws across her. Two-handed catch on the run. It's Mitch Pickton breaking tackles. And Pickton, who had the game-clinching touchdown from 28 yards out last week. Corey Bedvick, the snap by Hughes, the hold by Bedvick, the kick by Lothar is up. And Brett Lothar is 10 of 11 on the season. And Harris going down the right sideline. A man behind. Coverage to the 20, to the 10, to the house. Kayan, Julian, Grant. Harris looking at the end zone. He throws and that is incomplete. Good coverage by Milligan on Reggie White Jr. From about the 26 of Montreal. Here comes the rush. Harris steps up. He's thrown to this near sideline. Jump ball. And is it caught by Eugene Lewis? catch on the sidelines oh there's a snap past Harris he's got to scramble back and it's a huge loss of 25 yards Pickton stays in the block Cody's going up top down for Duke a jump ball and Duke caught it wow Duke Williams caught that football on the deflection lying on his back at the 50 that's the biggest play of the day for your Rough Riders this is old Dell Beckham like the Alouettes, 23. Your Rough Riders, three. Cody takes the snap, swings it out here to Hickson. Hickson to the 40, Hickson to the 35, 30. Hickson skips inside and he's got a first down. Great job by the Liberty Flame. Takes a shotgun snap and throws quickly. Low, picked up, and DeClois is in for a touchdown. Field goal is good from Cote. So the misery continues, 33-6 to six now. Cody throws, and that one is picked up, and it's coming back. Throwing it deep, is five, caught, Duke Williams. Tackled inside the 25 at the 20-yard line. Pushed the goal from the five, look at who is left. Throws to the end zone, that one is caught in the back. Duke Williams, touchdown, Saskatchewan. Couldn't get that excited there. Like I, I normally drag it out, but when you're getting your ass handed to you, you uh, you did well. Yeah, you couldn't do that. It's kind of like dancing on the field when you're getting off right at the end. When you're getting crushed. Anyway, uh, good job by Zinger editing up those low lights for the Saskatchewan (laughs) Rough Riders. Couple of sports things uh, I want to get to before we get to the pick six. Avalanche can win their third Stanley Cup tonight as uh, they are taking on the uh, Tampa Lightning. It's in Colorado. Let's be honest. They had too many men on the ice. That was a key. Mm -hmm. Uh, They won the game in overtime. I don't care what anybody said. They had too many men on the ice. Yes, Tampa had seven, but they weren't in control of the puck. That should have been blown down. But NHL officiating in these playoffs have been absolutely atrocious, awful, pathetic, horrific. WWE-like. In fact, the WWE is more credible with their officials. Serious. It's It's like they pick and choose where they want to call the penalties, when they want to call the penalties, time of day. Hey, by the way, let me ask you a question. In CFL football, if you hit a quarterback below the knees in June, is that a penalty?
4: (laughs) It should be a penalty. Is is it a penalty? Yeah, it should be. Yeah, yeah.
3: And is it a penalty in November?
4: Yeah, it should be. Yeah, well,
3: if you cross-check a guy in front of the net in October, it's a penalty. If you do it in June, it's, wow, we're just letting them play. Letting them decide the Stanley Cup. (laughs) That's why the NHL... Playoff hockey. ...will never be considered one of the big, big, big four. It Uh, was pretty funny to see John Cooper
4: pouting at the podium after the game. he should
3: pout. And Colorado gets all calls, and yes, I'm a salty Oilers fan. Hey, Barry Trott says, I don't want to coach right now, so he's not coaching, so the Jets have to go to their number two choice. Do you think that's, I just want to coach in Winnipeg? Uh,
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think so, too.
3: Tonight, in the Western Hockey League uh, or tonight, the Western Hockey League champion Edmonton Oil Kings, who are one and one, are in action, taking on the Hamilton Bulldogs at TD Station in St. John, New Brunswick. Hamilton is 0-2, so they need a big win. The Edmonton Oil Kings feature four first-round NHL draft picks, including Caden Gooley, uh, Jake Neighbors, uh, goaltender Sebastian Kosa, and uh, who else is on that team? That's a, um, I don't know. A lot oh, of players. Gunther, Dylan Gunther. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who is uh, arguably the top player, Drafted ninth overall by the Coyotes. So they got a really good Almost forgot, deep. like, the leading goal scorer. Yeah, almost <laughs> forgot the leading goal scorer in the dub. Yeah, I'm tired, man. My brain's fried. Not going to lie to you. Okay, let's get to one of these, Zinger. Time now for another Pick 6 with Ballsy and
2: Friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day.
5: And it is picked up by Nick Marshall. And into the end zone, Marshall goes. And a pick and a six.
6: It's going to be a touchdown for Chapman Sullivan.
7: It's Sorensen to the house. A pick six.
3: All right, so six things about the Rider: 37-13 loss in Montreal. This team needs to quit, uh, quit beating themselves with penalties. Yesterday's lack of discipline was troubling and unacceptable, especially since it's the second week in a row for this stuff. This team better be grateful that they have uh, the coach they do, the players coaching Craig Dickinson. Because if they had a tougher coach, a a guy who is meaner, I mean, um, I don't know. He gives them a long leash, but he might have to uh, shorten it because I think some of the players are taking advantage of it. Like I said, might be time for him to tighten the leash. Number two in the pick six from yesterday's game, the offensive line. Now, Logan Bandy had a predictably up and down game in his first start at center. The 23-year-old did show some flashes, and then times he looked overmatched by the likes of Almondo Sewell and Michael Wakefield. A bigger concern though the tackle positions Natai Rogers hasn't performed like the team expected him to and he's taking way too many foolish penalties and Taron Vaughn looks like uh, he's rusty after not playing for almost three years uh, he's had two off games here so uh, hoping he'll get back on track and I don't know I think the riders got to seriously think about giving Jamal Campbell the uh, Canadian they picked up from Toronto in the offseason some, uh, some playing time this will be one area that needs to improve if the Riders have any chance this year. Number three on the pick six, Shaq's, in, uh, Shaq's injury. Shaq left the game with an ankle injury in the first quarter. That's a huge blow to the offense as he was looking like 2019's big play Shaq. Now, I don't know the extent of the injury, and I'm not a doctor, but I don't expect him next week in the return match versus the Owls. Riders need some more speed in the receiving core. I love Mitch Pickton. I like Justin McKinnis. But uh, with Shaq down now, they got to stretch the defense. Duke doesn't have speed. He's got, you know, he can jump and get those 50 50 balls, but they need somebody that can stretch the defense. Uh, Number four. The red zone for the Riders. Red means warning sign here. Riders need to correct this problem. As Luke pointed out in our broadcast, 40% efficiency rate coming into the game. If my math doesn't be correct, they were one of two in the red zone last night. Uh, Love to see this team run the ball more. In each of the last two games, their success on offense started on the ground. And I'm not sure why we had all the misdirection with the new center in the game. Just the thought from the broadcast booth. Number five in the pick six, Roland Milligan, our defensive star. The uh, former Indianapolis Colts been a great addition to this roster. Number zero is... One of the only players that showed up with energy and consistent compete last night in Montreal. He was great in one-on-one coverage. A sure tackler that's a nice find by the Riders personnel department. Milligan's play keeps a very good defensive back in Damon Webb on the bench. And number six on the pick six. Thursday night football sucks. There's no need for it. Have one Friday, have two Saturday, and one Sunday. We only have four games a week. And do that till the NFL starts. And then you could go two on Friday or two on Saturday. Or how about one on Friday and a Saturday triple header? It's bad for the product. Nobody can tell me that was an enjoyable game yesterday. And not just because the riders didn't play up to expectations. But why didn't the riders play up to expectations? Okay? I'm going to sound like a homer here, and I don't even care. Now, this doesn't come from the Riders. It comes from me. So take Michael Ball, voice of the Riders, ambassador out of this. But the Riders get hosed. They come in from Edmonton uh, at 2 in the morning last Sunday, get a couple, couple days of rest, one day of practice on the plane to Montreal. For instance, Montreal, when they have their first short week, they play a home game, and then they go to Ottawa. They could hitchhike to Ottawa. So it's not fair, not even close to fair. It does nothing for the product. And don't preach to me about, oh, player safety. We're worried about player safety. You're not worried about player safety. You don't give a crap about player safety if you're going uh, on a four-day week. That's a joke. It shouldn't be happening. We don't have 30 teams. We got nine bloody teams, four games a week. It's stupid, and they should figure it out after this season. I mean, does TSN want to broadcast a game like that? Or do they want to broadcast some exciting games? I would think they'd err on the side of exciting. Just my personal thoughts. I like exciting. That is your pick six. We'll be back with a world curling Hall of Famer next on the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM.
8: Exciting for me. Like, it's, uh, you know, once-in-a-lifetime moment. You only have your first start once, so... I'm going to go out and play for him and, and communicate did with give the, you the and my
3: Did I give you the wrong cart? I gave you the wrong cart. I gave you the wrong cart. Anyway, don't worry about it. That's my fault. The uh, clutch performer. Clutch performance for our friends at... Uh... <laughs> you can tell I'm asleep. I put the wrong card in. Brought to you by our friends at Nick <laughs> Service in Emerald Park. That is our uh, clutch performance of the day, and it's Chandler Worthy. Chandler Worthy had 93 yards in punt returns. Hey, let's do it this way. We got it right here. Okay, do it. Ball, and Worthy catches it at his 22 on this near side, across the 30, across the 35, 40, 45, 50, he's on the run, and he could go! Chandler Worthy, 20, So I swear I put it in, Zinger, because I edited it up. You, if I show you in the computer, I edited the clip up and put it in there, but I don't know. It didn't Maybe tape. you didn't put
4: it in the W
3: drive. Or know. maybe the computer sucks. Anyway, it's brought to you by our friends at Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. All right, that's it. I'm in a slump. I'm starting slow like the riders, except the only difference is riders couldn't turn it around. I'm turning this damn thing around. That was,
4: that was nice of Logan
3: Bandy to join us real quick. Thanks, Logan. Okay, let's uh, get to the uh, Western <laughs> Pizza hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. We'll talk some curling here in the summer. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing, well, Balzy?
3: Well, I would have been better if I would have been half awake for this broadcast. Now, listen, I didn't... Inter- I didn't introduce you right now because i'm gonna be quite honest okay i know how to correctly say your last name good or right how do i say i've heard your first name pronounced a couple of different ways please pronounce it correctly
1: well i don't know i i i do answer to all of them but it's marcia yes is the correct um the way it's spelled but Everybody calls me Marcy.
3: Yeah, that's what I could people call you Marcy and I I think I've called you Mar- Marcia before. I was like I hope I got that right, but good. At least yeah, I no. at least you can't uh, you can't roast <laughs> me over that. Okay, so you're going into the World uh, Curling Hall of Fame. Now Sandra, I believe is in there first and then now the rest of the teammates get in. Uh what what does it mean to you to go into the World Curling Hall of Fame? Oh, it's
1: an incredible honor, you know, and and we really all thought that we were already in there, to tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) So it did come as a bit of a surprise that we weren't in there. So, yeah. But we're we're just thrilled. Okay, so like,
3: obviously by that, there's no formal ceremony? That's why you didn't know you weren't in already? Is that right?
1: (laughs) Well, I think that they do something. They'll do something at one of the events in Canada. So whether that's the I think the World Men's are in Ottawa this year, or it could be at a Canadian event as well. But mm-hmm. we haven't heard officially where you know we, we'll be honored.
3: Now you told me I was trying to line this interview up, and you said, <laughs> "Well, I'm not. I'm not retired yet, ballsy. Like I, I just can't come at any whim you want." What do you What do you do? What are you doing now with your time? Sorry, I forgot.
1: No, I still work full time, and I'm working at South Power. Okay, good. But I did sneak out early, so don't tell anybody. Okay,
3: I won't. I only have four (laughs) listeners: me, you, (laughs) Zinger, and probably my mom. So it's all good. Uh, So, do you still watch curling? And can you watch curling as a fan, or do you always analyze it now?
1: Oh, you know what? It's getting uh, to—I love watching curling. There's no way I, I watch just about everything, and my husband gets so sick and tired of me sitting on the couch watching curling so he usually goes upstairs and watches something else the soaps or something like that (laughs) (laughs) do you still yeah i i'm just i'm have always been addicted to curling so yeah do you you, watch and and i'm a big fan do you still curl uh a little bit um uh the last few years i've gotten into coaching and so i coach junior team. So I'm coaching actually Randy Bryden's son Josh um, this year along with uh, um, uh, Brecklin Gervais mm-hmm. and Carter Williamson. Um, yeah, so their team I'm coaching this year. So right. it should their last year of junior, junior men.
3: All right. So what do you like about coaching curling? Uh,
1: well, you know what? It's just it keeps me involved in the game I think that's the biggest thing Um, and I love when you know uh, they call a timeout and they they want to hear my opinion and and so you know it's just it's really nice to still be involved
3: do you feel like Ric Flair strutting down the strutting (laughs) down the boards when they when they're like woo, yeah they want my opinion (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, as long as they don't call their first two two timeouts in the first end <laughs> and get me out of the way, that's awesome.
3: <laughs> that's great. Hey, is there one game, one moment, if uh, young Marcia Gooderite could relive with her teammates, what would it
1: be? Um, you know what? I think it's probably a toss-up between the first time we won Canadians in 93 in Brandon, um, or it would be... The big shot that Sander made in the uh, Canadian Olympic trials, I think about in the seventh end against Shannon Clybrink, and that kind of sealed the game for us. So, you know, it's probably a toss-up between those
3: two. Do you have a copy of that? Because that's the one, you know, I'm not a huge curling fan, but I will be, I'll be truthful. I uh, grew up in the mid-80s listening to Don Whitman and Don Duguid on on CBC, so I remember curling then, but you, uh, I, I followed your team closely, and I've tried to find that whole uh, curling match, and I can't find it on YouTube. You can get anything else on YouTube. I can look for the 1978 Saskatchewan Rough Riders regular season game against Ottawa at Old Taylor Field, I could probably find a clip. I I found one short clip of that shot, and that's all I've found. Do you have like a copy of that? Um,
1: I probably do, but it would be on either beta or VHS tape.
3: Well, we gotta get listen. We gotta get that transferred over and start selling some of that stuff. And I will tell you something. It's the only time. This is the only time ever in curling did I get up in the middle of the night to watch a curling gold medal match when you guys won that one in uh, Nagano. Just uh, relive that for us, too.
1: Oh, yeah, that was pretty exciting. In fact, I think, you know what, that game wasn't nearly as exciting as the semifinal was just because it came down to an extra end. But, yeah, the final, it felt like we had that game in control. Um, You know, it just... It felt really good being out there. Um, And, you know, my my favorite story, you know, even though we were really nervous, we knew the Denmark girls quite well. And before the game, we were talking to them. And the one told us that it was going to be the first winter medal that Denmark was ever going to, to receive. And Joan leaned over to me and said, too bad it'll be a silver And I (laughs) leaned back and said, they'll be happy with
3: that. That's the best. (laughs) I love it. little tinge of cockiness there. I love that. That, That's awesome. Hey, you said you wouldn't be a very good interview, but you're a very good interview. And I'm glad I had you on so I know how to pronounce your first name correctly. Marcia Gooderite. You have yourself a great weekend, okay?
1: Great. Thanks, Balzy. You too.
3: Take care. That's right. Marcia Gooderite joining us in the World Curling Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, and he's having his last match coming up. Did you hear that? He's having his last match here in July. We don't know who it's with, but Ric Flair said he's concerned about his pacemaker and his inner ear problems. But here's how he's going to correct it. He said... Woo! I don't care about my pacemaker. If it comes unplugged, I'll just plug it back in. Woo! And, uh, and he said, "I'm not gonna t- and, and brother, I'm not gonna take blood thinners for this match." He, so he sneaks in some Hulk Hogan. So he's this is what he's going this is what he's gonna do. He said he's not going to wear he's not gonna have blood thinner. He doesn't care if his pacemaker comes unplugged because he'll <laughs> plug it back in. He doesn't care, cause he's a jet fly, kiss stealing limousine really ride, stealing, limousine fun, <laughs> son of a gun. And if you want to be the man, woo, you gotta beat the man. Diamonds are forever, and so is Marcia Gooder-right. the sixteen-time <laughs> world champion. will we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, little Metallica, love it. Show brought to you by Nelson Holmes. Supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Thanks to them for their continued support. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, great time. uh, Dinner time, great time. Dinner time, great time. Anytime, great time to order Western Pizza. I should pick myself up one tonight and go watch the Winnipeg Blow Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats Bombers trying to go to 3-0. Tabby's trying to get off we like to call the Schneid. Our text line is powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. We were doing our radio roll call. Where are you listening from? And uh, The text line at 936-6262. Zinger, just ahead of Dickie's comments from last night. What do you got?
4: Well, I got Brandon here. He says preach, ballsy, preach. Now, I don't know if he's talking about uh, Rick Flair or maybe about your Thursday night football, but either way, valid point. I like, uh, I like both those topics. Uh, got another text here that says hi guys hi i am very curious about of your observations about the logan bandy
3: how did he do in his first cfo game at center up well i didn't see the film and it's hard when you're calling the game up and down up and down i thought wakefield and uh in particular, Almondo Sewell, who played like he was 25 again. That's a tough test to go for a young guy to go up against. Uh, they threw a couple different looks at him. Uh, he was okay. He wasn't terrible. He yeah, was okay. He's okay.
4: He I'm... sounded good in the starting lineups. We, uh, got, yeah. An- we got Andrew in and Saskatoon. Yeah. Uh, it should not surprise anyone the Riders lost. <laughs> Having two road games five days apart, playing a desperate, well-rested team, a prepared team, playing with a rookie center. Uh, First game as a starter, and frankly, I'd rather lose by two dozen than by one. Uh, The weaknesses are clearly exposed, and we know what needs to be improved. Plus, this will give the whole team a kick in the pants, a kick in the groin, a kick in the jewels, if you will, (laughs) and uh, hopefully they play smarter next time out. Mm -hmm. No need to panic yet, Andrew says. No need to
3: panic here. I agree. That's a one-off, and... uh... I saw that one coming from a mile away, so I totally agree with Andrew, for sure. Man, Peter's uh, Peter's listening on the app in Vancouver
4: right now. Hi, so Peter!
3: How's it going, Pete? Get, I was,
4: I was going to say, is that the Peter who operated the game yesterday? But no, that no. was in Montreal yesterday, Peter right?
3: Peter Vrionis, the third baseman for the Concordia Stingers,
4: Just he's a d- cannon of an arm, huh? Journalism student. Well, that's
3: what he says. I didn't see him whoa, throw anything. Whoa,
4: if he's playing third base, he has to have some kind of an arm.
3: Well, he could be, or maybe they couldn't find anybody else to play third base. Maybe, I have no must idea. must be a pretty bad team, then. Yeah, no, I don't know. He, he's a good kid though and he's a journalism student I tried to steer him away from this rotten industry but could you
4: imagine we turn on the tv one day he's the starting third baseman on the Braves just like hey there's
3: Peter that would be great (laughs) make more than operating as an audio engineer and radio for a rider broadcast let me tell you okay so after the game we always catch up with coach Craig Dickinson who joins us each Monday here for an exclusive interview and takes your calls and texts right here Monday so remember that Monday he'll be here again and you can get the straight goods from the coach. But down in the locker room after the game, Coach
9: Dickinson talked with Luke Mulliner. Coach, just from the opening bell, really uh, not into the game today.
5: No, they, they smacked us right on the opener. You know, you gave up a touchdown on the first play of the game. It's not a good omen. I, I was disappointed. I thought we played better. Um, you know, I, we got to look at ourselves a little bit. And I, I do think we're a good football team. Maybe we, we were reading the press clippings a bit too much. Um, but we got we got it handed to us pretty good. All three phases, really, and special teams especially. We got to do a better job of, of getting off blocks, running with speed, and and, and putting hats on the ball carrier. So, it, when it rains, it pours, Luke. And today it was a tough day for us.
9: Yeah, you know, you talked about this on your Coach's show segment on the sports cage with Michael Ball. Um, the the penalties, the discipline issues. Um, you know, we talked at length about this, and it seemed to pop back up
5: yeah it did, and we'll keep we'll keep working at it when when adversity strikes, that's when you get those silly penalties. I do feel like they were drawing us off sides on the d line a little bit with some head bobbing, and we'll talk to the officials about that, but the other thing is we just gotta quit guessing you know we're you know maybe we're we're just a little bit undisciplined but we want to continue to maintain our ball get off and all that good stuff but we got to play our keys and you you can't be giving them first and five you know we're we're just not good enough to 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 do that and hopefully we can get that fixed
9: did did they come out and give you what you were anticipating offensively and defensively like they didn't seem to do anything special today
5: they just physically manhandled us they they had a good solid game plan but that was just physicality right there they were they were tougher than we were today they played harder than than we did today and they were faster and they just man-on-man matchups their, their guy whooped our guy and and it was across the board so you know we got to try as coaches to to put them in better spots but physically, they just dominated us from a, from the from the opening bell. And uh, we're going to have to take a good hard look at the film and see why.
9: Um, you, you had to go in your depth at the wide receiver position again today. Um, didn't seem like much of a drop-off, but how's Shaq doing?
5: Uh, he's doing okay. He turned his ankle on the sideline on that catch. So he's going to get it looked at tonight. But we're hopeful. We're hopeful he's going to be okay. But it did swell up a little on him after the game. So... So we'll see. You know, it's it's it, it's tough when you have a 45-man roster. You lose one or two guys, and it gets awfully thin, awfully quick. That, that wouldn't have changed the outcome, I don't believe, but it did hurt us offensively.
9: Last question. Um, what's the key? You got a nice little break here, but what's the key to turning this thing around against the same team next week?
5: We just got to look in the mirror. You know, we got to look in the mirror. We got to work hard in the weight room this week with Coach Clint. And we got to just come out and play a better game. You know, that's a good team. I I, I told the guys they were good. I don't think they believe me, and maybe I didn't do a good enough job of, of preparing them. But that's a good football team, top to bottom. Their personnel is outstanding. And when they're clicking, they're tough out. So this is going to be a good week for us, Luke. We're going to see what we're made of. All right, nice. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it.
3: And we are going to see. And uh, they better start listening to the coach, not only in terms of when he says, hey, we're playing a good team, but when he says, hey, Clean up the penalties. Don't take advantage of a player's coach. Come on now. One of the guys that showed up on time, one of the few guys that showed up on time, ready to compete with energy, was the former Indianapolis Colt NFL defensive back, Roland Milligan, who was our defensive game star.
9: Our defensive game star, obviously not the results anybody wanted, right? Uh, Just talk about how you guys kind of fell behind right off the bat and couldn't get back in it.
10: Uh, they came out more juice than we did. You know, I feel like they were more physical than we were. All three phases, and, you know, it was just, you know, it's hard to play play from behind. But, you know, we got to find a way.
9: When you came into training camp, you know, there was a few DBs out here that, that had had a little bit more CFL experience than you had. And you ended up starting here. It's been a really fantastic climb from where we've been watching the games. Talk about what's led to some of the success you've had individually um, in your first year here
10: just taking advantage of the opportunity, you know, going out preparing every day, whether it's in the film room, practice, just trying to be my best, you know, I know I'm gonna get my best from my guys, so I gotta be where they at.
9: What um, what has been the, the sort of the hardest thing to adjust to in this game? Cause you got a lot of experience down south, but you come here, you know, especially from a DB standpoint with the wagon, What is what was sort of the most interesting part for you to adjust to?
10: The wagon for sure. And then, you know, a couple of different rule changes, but the waggle was definitely an adjustment.
9: Who do you have to lean on in that locker room, you know, a, a, as a guy that's that's out here going going through it and, and still trying to catch catch on?
10: Uh, we got a lot of guys that got a lot of experience, you know, uh, Mike Edom, Moncrief, Nick Marshall, you know, just in my room, I have those guys who've been playing in the league for a while. So, you know, if I have any questions or any concerns, you know, it's easy to talk to them, reach out to them.
9: Um, talk about a couple things that you guys need to do to turn it around next week.
10: Uh, back to the drawing board, we just got to prepare like we would any other game. You know, this game's over with, you know, so whole new game. We just got to go digest that film and see what we can get better at and go, back and go out at uh, practice and, you know, apply it. Off
9: to an outstanding individual start this year. Roland Milligan's our defensive star of the game. It's 447
4: with your sports ticker and it's brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. They're hiring. Starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus signing bonus. Give them a call at 781-2090. CFL Week 3 continues tonight. Hamilton Tiger Cats at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 0-2 versus 2-0. Kickoff from IG Field at 530 Saskatchewan time. And a nice juicy Saturday doubleheader tomorrow. Edmonton at Calgary. At uh, 5 p.m. and then the one I'm most looking forward to is uh, Argonauts at Lions at 8 p.m. I love those uh, late BC games. And the Colorado Avalanche they can hoist Lord Stanley tonight with a win, up three-one in the series on Tampa. Colorado's at home tonight, so we shall see. 6 p.m. puck drop, and there is also a Memorial Cup game on right now, and it's three or sorry, it's one to nothing. Hamilton leads Edmonton in the first period.
3: I'll tell you what, uh, thats it's a gate-driven league, right? CFL's still a gate-driven league. I know we got a TV deal from TSN and everything like that, so that's good. And kudos to them. They gave, us, uh, gave the league money, not us, because I don't get any of it. I'm in radio. Why the hell are they playing 6.30 in Winnipeg? Why not 7.30 in Winnipeg? 6.30 in... In in Regina like the game starting at 5 30 our time
4: my only guess is actually
3: want- I think it probably starts at 6 our time 7 Winnipeg time because they probably have a half hour pregame they you want
4: people right. in in the east to, to tune in I think like the, the I know view- but, the it's viewers- a gate,
3: but it's a gate driven league too you still have to yeah. get people at the game Hey man, I'm just I'm just giving you. An anyway, answer, a- <laughs> calm down, ballsy. <laughs> now I'm too awake. Let's head out on the Western Pizza hotline. Talk with our friend Brian Raymond out there, Flowing Springs. How are you, Brian?
2: I'm doing great. We got a nice sunny day today. Oh uh, yeah, beautiful with the golf course. Awesome.
3: Yeah, it's going to be outstanding, and the weather looks like it's going to be uh, what a nineteen or twenty tomorrow and twenty-five on Sunday. So uh, I imagine things are booking up, and still got some spots.
2: We do still have some spots for uh, for tomorrow and Sunday for sure. And uh, you're right; the weather looks like it's going to cooperate, and uh, we're excited. We're we're it looks like it's going to be fairly busy, and uh, the course is in great shape. So we're we're looking forward to it.
3: Anybody out like uh, I I don't know if uh, courses have regulations on this, but if you're having a stag or a company like tournament can you can you play a tournament play out there during uh active uh business hours
2: we certainly do uh do tournaments and uh, and we have hosts of the odd bachelor party uh <laughs> you know with the caution that uh you know it's a golf course and yeah. we expect behavior similar to playing golf so but yeah, it, yeah we
3: do Awesome. Okay, so Brian, if they want to book some spots, how do they go about doing that?
2: All they have to do is give us a call at 543-5050 and of course, you can book online now at flowingspringsgolf.com.
3: Hey, before I let you go, the Brian Raymond Hole of the Day at Flowing Springs. Give me a hole of the day today. A
2: hole of the day. Let's talk about Hole number five, which is a par three, and it's almost totally surrounded by water. Oh, oh. I hate those
3: holes. They're so intimidating. Yeah, I don't like so water. In- you know, Brian, I can. I've told you this before, but especially on a water hole. I can stand in front of 1,500 people and uh, do an MC event, or I can broadcast a football game on the airwaves and not be nervous at all. I cannot stand on a tee box at a waterhole. Like, how do I get around that?
2: You just have to uh, practice and make your, give yourself some confidence, and you'll be
3: fine. Okay, so and, and do that at Flowing Springs, right?
2: Absolutely, because we've got a great driving range. It's a great place to
3: practice. All right, and lastly, Brian, who's winning, are, are the Avs winning the Cup tonight?
2: Yeah, it's over tonight.
3: I hope it is just because it's too long to watch hockey.
2: This is really late, but you know what? You know, look at how the ads are playing. I mean, they seem to have a little bit of a step on, uh, on Tampa Bay. So, and and they, I love the way they play. I mean, it's all about puck possession for them.
3: Yeah, that was too many men on the ice, wasn't it? Come on, Brian. That was too many you men on the you ice. You know
2: what? In the especially in overtime, when you have that the long change, you know, to get to the it's that happens all the time.
3: I know, but it was too many men on the ice. And Tampa, everybody's like, well, Tampa had seven guys. Yeah, but the difference was Tampa didn't have the puck. Tampa didn't touch the puck. They weren't in possession of the puck. So that's the thing. I I mean, I don't care for either team. The thing that bothers me about the NHL, especially in these playoffs, like this one, I don't like about hockey, Brian. Okay. Help me out here, okay? Okay. If you hit a quarterback below the knees in June, it's a penalty. And if you do it in November, it's a penalty. And if you do it in October, it's a penalty. In the NHL, if I cross-check a guy in front of the net or hog-tie him in October, it's a penalty nine times out of ten. If I do it in the playoffs, and the further I get in the playoffs, say it's the first round... Six out of ten, it's a penalty. Second round, five out of ten, it's a penalty. Third round, three out of ten, it's a penalty. And, the uh, last round, it might be a penalty one out of ten times. That's how it seems.
2: Well, it, it has certainly been like that in the past, but this is probably the first playoffs I've seen where they've, clo- they've called the plays relatively close to how it was during the regular season. Not always, but for the most part.
3: Okay, okay, I'll buy what you're selling. And, I guess. and
2: I'm not sure everybody's enjoying it either, by the way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, one last time. How do they get a hold of you at Flowing Springs?
2: Give us a call at 543-5050, and uh, you can also book online at flowingspringsgolf.com.
3: Thanks, buddy. Take care. Appreciate it. That's Brian Raymond joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. All right. So uh, we heard from our coach. He wasn't too happy. Although he wasn't really, he was kind of reserved a bit. He's, uh, you know, probably takes him. He does the twenty-four hour rule. Roland Milligan sounded like he wanted to be anywhere but our microphone. He was like, "Yeah, I'm defensive game star, but we sucked and we lost." This was a really good interview from our offensive game star, Ryder Royalty, the Duke. Duke, uh, you guys were behind
9: early. Right. Uh, talk about just your initial impressions of how the game played out from there.
0: Um, first and foremost. Um credit to my team for finishing strong, you know, it wasn't the outcome we wanted it to be, and on a personal level, I played bad, felt like I could have played way better than I played, so you know, that's accountability on me, I gotta come prepare even more next week, it was a short week, but that's not an excuse, you know, so we just gotta come out and continue to grind, coach said it was gonna be a tough one on a Thursday night, like I said before, a short week, they, they were 0-2, and two, a home opener, so you know, I know they was amped up and ready to play, first play of the game, they housed a kickoff, so I know it's gonna be a dog fight after that, but, you know, every dog have his day, and, and today was our day, I'm glad it happened early in the season, so now we can make corrections and get it better. That's
9: actually, you know, one of the things we were excited about is is you spending a whole year here and, and really getting some of that attitude that you have into the locker room. So, how do you do you sort of, you know, go about your leadership role now, with especially with that young core of receivers?
0: Oh, I got I got to step up even more now, you know. Tonight, them young bulls seen how adversity really hit, but now we gotta learn how to handle it. You know, we could've came back. We 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 started making mistakes. You know, like that's that's not us. And once we make the correction we need to make as a team, come back. We off tomorrow. Come back Saturday. Watch film, and, and you know. It's going to be criticism, so we just got to take it to the chin. We know we made mistakes out there on the field. We gave them a chance, you know, to to do what they did to us today. You know, they're a good team, but we know we're a better team for sure. And we just didn't play like it tonight. So next week they got to come to our house, and I promise you it won't be the same.
9: Yeah, we won't keep you long, but, you know, talk about – you know, when you have a loss like this, how hard is it to pull the positives out? Because you got to watch this film, right? And you still got to build on certain things, right?
0: Oh, it's always positives in, in, a, in a bad situation. You know, we pro, we pro at least we we win some, we lose some, but we got to look at it as a positive thing because now we can really learn from it, and next week this shouldn't happen again. Next week we shouldn't have a lot of penalties. Next week we shouldn't have turnovers, but it's, it's part of the game. It's about how we bounce back, and tonight we didn't bounce back how we were supposed to as a team, and like I said, I hold myself accountable because I feel like if I would have played better, I could have gave us more juice, but I didn't, so that's my fault, and i got to do better next week.
9: All right, that's leadership, man. Get healthy, have a good practice week. Appreciate we'll see you it. next week. You.
0: That's the offensive player. Duke Williams.
9: Yeah, Duke Williams with a highlight reel grab and
3: a touchdown in garbage time. Four catches, 101 yards to add to his total. I think he has, say, nine catches for 159 yards on um, the season. Missed a game in Edmonton. Okay, let's quickly get to our pick, Zinger. Uh, Hamilton at Winnipeg. I got Hamilton tonight. Hamilton's going to beat the hell out of him tonight. Not because we hate Winnipeg. It's just they, I can't see him
4: starting 0 3. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton's going to win tonight. It's uh, the final score. Mark it down 31
3: to. Uh, 20. Good. Edmonton at Calgary. Calgary should win that one, even though Bo is uh, very questionable. If not, uh, Mayor goes in there. Yeah, Edmonton should be
4: demoted to uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) PFC? (laughs) The PFC? Yeah, man. Uh, Bring up the Wildcats or something. Yeah, okay. And at Toronto (laughs) at BC, where Amar Doman is trying to get people in the building by giving them cheap. He's subsidizing the concessions. I'm going Argonauts in that one. I saw that. Like $5 beers and stuff. Uh, uh,
4: this is what this is the game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. I think I think BC just uh by the way they looked in week 1. I'm going to I'm going to ride that wave. I'm going to pick them again this week until they show me otherwise. Okay, so you're going 3 and 1. Three, three. Yep. Did, did you have Montreal beating Saskatchewan? To to tell you the truth, I didn't really make a prediction in my okay. mind. Yeah. yeah. So okay. you can void that one.
3: I picked uh, Montreal and I have Hamilton, and I have Calgary, and I have Toronto. I have a two and two weekend, so we'll see how that goes. All right. In, uh,
4: uh, yeah. In Winnipeg, it's mm-hmm. I just looked. It's an hour ahead. Yeah. So that means kickoff is at seven thirty, Winnipeg time.
3: Well, on my is sheet, that is no, that okay? No, no. Winnipeg. It says six thirty Central Standard Time. Central Standard Time is their time. Six. We're Mountain Time, buddy. They're Central Standard Time. And the CFL website says 6.30 Central Standard Time. My calculations,
4: Winnipeg time is Central or CDT when I type it in. Central Daylight Time. Yeah, 5.57. Regina time is CST, Central Standard Time. Winnipeg is a
3: different time zone. We're mountain time. Do I have to explain everything on this show? Listen to me. Listen to me. You're probably, you know what? You're probably right with that. But Eastern time is EST. That's Toronto. Well, what, what's CDT? What's the difference
4: between CDT and CST? I'm not very smart. C- That's why I'm in radio. C-
3: CST is what Winnipeg is. Central Standard Time. Uh-uh. Not according uh. to Google. <laughs> Tell Google to screw off. It goes Eastern Time, Central Time is Winnipeg. i got to
4: figure this out during We're the news. We're Mountain
3: Time right now, and then there's Pacific Time, Vancouver. Then we switch to Manitoba in October. So you're probably right. It's wrong on the CFL website. Not like they haven't been wrong before on their website. So it's probably a 7.30 kickoff at Winnipeg, 6.30 Mountain Time in Regina. And then I'm okay with that. Not Mountain Time in Regina, Standard We're, Time. <sighs> Let's go to let's go to news, Ballsy.
4: Get out this. of here.
3: <laughs> ah, back from Montreal, the debacle in La Belle, Provence. They got smoked 37-13. They're 2-1. and one. The Owls are 1-2. and two. Good news is they get a chance to uh, get some retribution right away July 2nd. The Owls are here in the back-to-backer. Bad news is riders are a bit banged up. They need the time off. This show is brought to you by Nelson Holmes, playing home packages and RTMs. For over 65 years, thanks to Nelson Holmes for getting on board. All your texts come via the text line, which is powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, the number one GM dealership in the province. And Zinger, let's go out to that text line at 936-6262. What's shaking over there? We got Rush Madani in Milwaukee today. Yeah, we'll get to him in one second here. But let's. can you give me a text over oh, there? Oh, you're for, going to the text yeah, line Yeah, get to a, the text for a second, we, yeah.
4: Well, we got a lot of uh, text. Remember our conversation before the break there, how we were trying to figure out the time yeah, zones? Yeah, well, I remember I was right, yeah. You no, know, Rose texted in, and Regina, she said, Ballsy. You're wrong. Zinger is right. We are CST all year. And then Brandon said, I love ballsy, or I love tired ballsy. No filter. And uh, Jason says, game is 6.30 p.m. Saskatchewan time tonight. Uh, Jerome in Melville says, Zinger, you are right, ballsy. You are no, wrong. I'm
3: not right. No, I am not wrong. <laughs> Ma- listen to me. In Vancouver, it is. Rash can help me out here. In Vancouver, it is Pacific time. It never changes. It's Pacific time. PST. In in Alberta, it's Mountain time. Then for this part of the year, we switch to Mountain time over to Alberta. Like we stay where we are, but we're we're with Ma- Alberta. They come to us. Oh, maybe I am wrong. <laughs> We don't switch time. We just stay. We stay the same. Well, okay, then, Rash, help me out. What what time is Manitoba on then?
8: Um, I'm just going to defer to Zinger was right and Balzi was wrong. And I think that, that makes the world go round. Oh, doesn't co- it?
3: come on. Well, listen, <laughs> Well, no, but for half the year, for half the year, cause we don't do anything here. We are on, we are on par with Arizona. With, with, no, no, we're on par Something with like Alberta that. so that, so that we're the same time as Alberta and we're one hour ahead of, uh, BC. And then we're one hour behind Manitoba and two behind where rash normally is in the east. Then it switches yep. over. We're one hour back, even with Manitoba, one hour ahead of Alberta and two hours ahead of BC. So we are on mountain time, not on central standard time. That's what Winnipeg's on. I'm right. No,
4: Winnipeg's on central daylight uh, time. We are on central standard time. year-round. around. Bottom line, that's the way she goes. Okay, anyway. It
8: look go. like the riders run Pacific time yesterday, guys. They didn't even bother showing <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah,
3: we'll get to that in a second. How about your coach? What was Guillermo Martinez doing that he got suspended five
8: games and can he appeal? He cannot appeal. Coaches cannot appeal in in the major league. So he gets five games because on Wednesday, the day game here, sorry, in Chicago, Martinez came out with a lineup card, and the night before the Blue Jays were just getting The rough end of the stick on some brutal umpiring. Martinez walked up to Doug Eddings, the home plate umpire from the night before, and said, hey, you missed 26 calls last night. And so he got tossed, and then Martinez got in his face, and they said, oh, well, you tapped him in the chest. So contact and unsportsmanlike conduct gets you five games. Meanwhile, Tommy Pham uh, slaps Jock Peterson in the face over fantasy football, and he got three games.
3: Yeah, I don't. That that makes absolutely no sense to me. Absolutely no sense. And it's sometimes, crazy. and it's sometimes, and sometimes, let's be truthful. These umpires have it coming to them. They do. Uh, actually, to be honest with you, I think officials should have to have a press conference after events to explain the chicanery, skull duggery, and tomfoolery that happens on their end.
8: Yeah. No. I, look, there needs to be more public accountability. You know, Doug Eddings, according to the umpscorecard.com, had a 64% accuracy rate on strike calls on Tuesday night. Like, 64% barely got me through Bishops in my undergrad in university. I mean, 64% is not good in anything. Let alone, you know, the ne- and for context, the next day, the next home plate umpire got 96%. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just so egregious.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. So he can't appeal. That's very interesting that he can't appeal. That's kind of
8: Well, the players can because it's collectively bargained, right. but the coaches aren't part of any union, right?
3: Okay, so I watch the standings mainly because I want to see how good my Padres are doing and they are doing uh, fairly well without uh, well Machado for a bit and Tatís. I think they have the fourth best record in baseball, but the team that's running away with everything is the New York Yankees and that gap keeps growing to the point where the Jays are uh, going to be hanging around probably in wild card contention for the rest of this season. Uh, you can't win without pitching. What are they going to do about that?
8: I, I would have thought by now there'd be a move, Paul. I don't understand it. They've lost Hyunjin Ryu for this season and <laughs> probably next. And, you know, if there's anything you learned last year is that every win counts the same. Mm-hmm. You know, they finished with 91 of them last year, which kept them one game out of the playoffs. So it's not about waiting until letting something happen you got to go make something happen and that's something this team hasn't done yet they they need more power out of their bullpen they need at least one more starter and they haven't gone after to to go do it i mean at, at this point i know it's you know mid-late june but and the trade deadline's 5 weeks away but deadline doesn't mean you can't be proactive about it mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like there's any appetite for this team to do that
3: are you hearing any names in terms of arms they might be interested in
8: no and that's that's probably the more alarming thing they're you know talking about the draft and this and that i mean let's remember that even if you didn't want to make a trade there are a couple of sergio romo uh just got released by seattle he'd be worth a look bring him in Mm -hmm. it doesn't cost you anything Mm -hmm. league minimum right Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do something, and they're not doing anything right now.
3: Hey, I was going to ask you, uh, you're at Miller Park there in Milwaukee. Uh, Where does that one rank in terms of the ballparks you go to?
8: It's actually a nice one. Um, I mean, I'm a Vikings fan. Coming to Wisconsin is always brutal. (laughs) It's actually a great park. It's got a retractable roof. I've been here for the postseason before when they played in NLCS against the Dodgers, and it was rocking and rolling. Um, But the sight lines are terrific. If if you're a foodie, uh, no shortage there. It's a baseball town. There's no question about it, and they love their Brewers. It's natural grass, even for a retractable roof. Um, worth coming down for if you like. Fried I'll tell you what,
3: man. My first trip to Montreal. I've been to Montreal in the airport, but never hanging around that city. I'll take Montreal uh, any day of the week over most Canadian cities. That, oh, the, people were poli- people were polite. It was clean. Uh, it it has history, and you can't get a better sightline from the broadcast booth than at rickety old Molson McGill Stadium.
8: No, absolutely. And in the summer, with the view of the mountain in the backdrop, it is spectacular.
3: Now, it didn't look too good for the Rough Riders last night. I was there. I have my own takeaways. I already uh, told some of those. What are your takeaways from that game?
8: Well, I mean, one of the main ones is it's ridiculous to have one day of practice leading into a game, <laughs> yeah. especially a road game. I mean, that's one. Yeah. Two is, and I know he doesn't like hearing it, uh, I'm still not sold on Cody Pajardo. I really am not. Hmm. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tough situation to be thrown into. But that Montreal defense isn't the '85 Bears, uh, so that would be, you know, that that's another one. But more than anything else, I don't know, barring injury, when Vernon Adams is getting his job back in Montreal, Baldy.
3: Yeah, Trevor Harris looked real good. He looked on point. I loved his decision making. Uh, he got helped out with some great special teams play from Chandler Worthy, who looked like a second coming of Henry Gizmo Williams. Every time he touched the ball, he was gone. Um, and, uh, yeah, but Harris, I don't know that Vernon Adams gets his job back, to be honest with you.
8: I mean, look, it's a production and a results business, and they are efficient with Trevor Harris, and Trevor Harris has a grasp of the offense.
7: Mm-hmm. And here's
8: the other thing. we, you know, So much oxygen was spent in the off season, talking about Kahari Jones is on the hot seat. Kahari Jones is a good football coach. Montreal effectively won that game in Toronto. The kicker missed a chip shot. Uh, that's a good win for Montreal last night. Kahari Jones is doing his job and doing it well.
3: I'm hearing a rumor that the hot seat thing is Danny Machocha wants to get back into coaching. That's what I'm hearing.
8: Well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I not- I think Danny, look, Kahari wasn't Danny's guy. Let's put it that way, right? So I think Danny, I do believe Danny wants to have his guy in there. I don't know necessarily if he wants to do it full-time, maybe in an interim role, but it's going to be really interesting if the Owls can win this season. Does Kahari Jones go to ownership and say him or me? A
3: hey, last question for you. I know you're busy in Milwaukee. Got to go right away. Do you think the Riders are taking advantage of a good guy coach and Craig Dickinson with all these penalties?
8: No, I wouldn't say that. Um, look, it's early in the season, and you know, it's let's look over a sample size. I, I I don't think that has much to do with it. But I think it's there. There's a mental toughness, mental focus component to it. I like the idea, though, If it's one thing to take a pass interference penalty trying to make a play. It's another when it's something like offside, and that seems to be, you know, the trademark of this team. So, uh, that can be corrected, and that can, a message can be sent by releasing a player or two. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see what happens if this keeps up.
3: Luke, or Luke, I just got a text from Luke listening to your comments. Sorry, Arash, thanks for your time. Have yourself a good uh, good evening uh, watching Blue Jays baseball in Milwaukee. Thanks, Paul. Take care. That is Arash Madani, coast to coast with Arash Madani, brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Western Pizza's the hotline. Um, no time to cook. Order Western pizza. It's a perfect meal that fits your hectic summer schedule. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. I get my thrills from being a degenerate gambler. And I'm betting on the CFL tonight, Zinger. I put 12 bucks on the Hamilton Tiger Cats.
4: Eat them raw.
3: I had 15 <laughs> left in my account. I put 12 on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Do you
4: remember that CFL yeah. video on yeah. Friday Night Football and yeah. that
3: tabby flying?
4: Yeah. Eat them raw.
3: Eat em raw. <laughs> Oski yeah. They're a little different there in Hamilton. They're not playing in Hamilton tonight. They're playing in Winnipeg. Uh, it's the Bombers Guinea and the pig. Hamilton Tiger Cats. And we're Going to talk to a Winnipegger right now. I think he's on the Western Pizza hotline, oh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. You can uh, order the Rege- uh, Rough Rider suite deal from Western Pizza, and you and a friend could be watching a rider game from a luxury suite. Ask your local Western Pizza locations about their specials. Eddie Steele in the trenches each and every week on this show, each and every week on our pregame show. Eddie, how are you?
7: Excellent, Ballsy. How are you doing Good. on this Friday? Well,
3: I was tired till I got to whipped into shape here with Zinger over the time. Debate, and you're going to be the perfect guy to ask because you're a Winnipeg guy listen up tell me I'm wrong or right here remember who's hosting the show me not Zinger (laughs) Eastern Time is Eastern Time right now we are two hours back of the Eastern Time Zone Manitoba is an hour ahead of us we stay where we are in Saskatchewan because we don't change and then Alberta is with us now And B.C. comes up an hour. So are we mountain or central?
7: Right now, I say you're mountain.
3: Yes! Boom! Eddie Steele from Winnipeg, Manitoba said it, Zinger. I am right. You are wrong. End of debate. No more text on that. That's Eddie it. Steele, Great Cup <laughs> champ, in the trenches, shutting you down, Zinger. Yeah, yeah that, that's some weakness. Zinger, ass. Zinger, <laughs> shut your mic off and be quiet in this segment while grown so, up while well, grown-ups is segment, talking. Then? What's that? Good
7: segment. We can call it a wrap.
3: No, no, not a good segment. I need to talk to you, Eddie. (laughs) Zinger, be quiet while Grown Ups is talking over here. That's right. Put that mic away. I like Zinger. He's a good guy. Best producer in the business. Okay, let's talk about that debacle last night in in, uh, Montreal. My goodness. But I saw that one. I saw that one. I won 20 uh, bucks on spreads.ca. I saw that sucker coming from a mile away.
7: Yeah, it was pretty predictable. Uh, Short week, right? In Montreal although they've been oh and two they've been knocking on the door they've lost uh, the first two games by last second kicks or not both kicks but within field goals and uh, they have a good team and they showed up and they needed uh, to produce in front of their home crowd and Montreal showed up and you know we're obviously going to touch on Dan Clark and losing him here but you talk about just not only the loss on the field but the leadership in the locker room because I don't know what the leadership core is like on that team right now I can't speak on it uh, but you know, traveling to Montreal for the first time for a lot of young guys can be uh, a pretty eye-opening experience and if you don't have a strong leadership core guys can really get lost in the sauce quick in Montreal.
3: Well I will tell you this man, uh, as it relates to the offensive line, predictably and now I was watching the game live I haven't seen a replay of it Um, It was an up and down game for Logan Bandy. It's kind of what I expected. I don't think he soiled the sheets. I also think he went against a very inspired Sewell who played like he was 25. Uh, Wakefield had a good game inside. Mike Moore was a force and they did some stunts and games up there. A bigger concern to me, Eddie Steele, isn't my center. Now, leadership, big time. Okay, with Dan Clark. And he is a stud and he's a gritty guy. But it's my tackles. Uh, Natai Rogers has been taking a lot of foolish penalties and not playing up the par, in my opinion. Not that I've ever played O-line. And Taron Vaughn looks like it's been three years since he's played football.
7: Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, Natai Rogers, yeah, no, not uh, hasn't been showing up, that's for sure. And a lot of talking for someone who hasn't been showing up, you know, and I'm a big believer in, man, you, you got to earn that talk and then you got to back that talk up and... I don't think he's done neither of them in the penalties, too. You touched on that. Penalties killed the team yesterday. A lot of undisciplined penalties. How many offsides did the defensive line take? Yeah. That, that was one that I always, I just didn't get. I totally didn't get it. How you could line up in the neutral zone. Okay, i it's one thing to jump offsides, but, you know, you got to always be on sides of the defensive line. And, those types of ticky tack penalties, they're mental. Even when you do jump offsides, because the ball is in front of you, and you got to be paying attention. And Ballsy, you can look it up in my career. Uh, I have less than four total penalties in my nine-year, wow. 150-plus games played CFL career. And I think maybe one of them is offsides. The other, would, you know, there's a couple late hits on quarterback. But man, it, it's all mental, and that's stuff that you can prevent. So those types of penalties, I just, I don't get it. It's Okay.
3: So let me ask you this. How much of that is on the coach? I had asked, uh, you know, I had asked this on the broadcast. I had asked Coach this when he was on 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 Monday, last Monday. He visits with us uh, every Monday. I think these players should be happy they're playing for a guy like uh, Craig Dickinson because he gives them a long leash. uh, But do players take advantage of that nice guy long leash mentality? Mm
7: -hmm. No, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Dickie's a great coach. Great guy. uh, Had a great relationship with him and I really think highly, but you're right. Uh, There is a long leash, and there is a sort of sense of uh, you don't fear the coach. You know, in the most successful teams I've ever been on, there's a certain fear that you have of the coach. And I know Dickie's coaching the guys up and saying the right things in terms of how to prevent and move away from the penalties, but you need to have that fear, fear that you're going to get cut. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I I hate to go back to Chris Jones because – a lot of people are tired of talking about Chris Jones, but man, if you make mistakes your your job is on the line, and you're seeing how he's rotating guys in and out to try and get that problem solved so you do need to have that type of fear because uh, you kinda you don't have to be walking on eggshells but you got to know that that's unacceptable, and enough is enough. And you got to put your foot down.
3: Now, I am not a doctor. I don't play one on the radio, so I would never say I know what's going on. But Shaq Evans uh, did not play after the first quarter in that 12-yard catch when I believe it was Wakefield tracked him down. Uh, he uh, he is hurt. It is an ankle. I could tell you that much. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be back or not this week. I don't think he'll play this week against Montreal. Uh, But with Shaq Evans out of the lineup, that receiving core goes from an A to a B. And that's no disrespect to Mitch Pickton, who I think has played solid. Um, He's been balling. You know, I like Justin McInnes, too. But I thought I'd see more from Justin McInnes. I think the Riders need to get some sort of speed in this lineup here if if Shaq Evans isn't there.
7: Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't uh, wouldn't hurt at all. And, you know, you speak on speed. I'll be I'll be real. Pick, he surprised me yesterday Mitch Pickton mm. uh, with his yak. He, he looked a lot quicker. It looked like he's really been working on his craft and it's really coming to fruition now. It's pretty great to see. Uh, touching on Shaq. Yeah, he's banged up and it, it's tough to see Shaq banged up, but boy, ballsy. I got to say, man, I, I've never seen a receiver make catches and get up so gingerly after every yeah. catch. It's like after every play the guys like nicked up. So I don't know what it is. I, I can't speak on it. Obviously, we're all warriors, and we battle through things, but I'm a defensive lineman, and I didn't miss games, and I've played through you know, lots of tears, torn biceps, lots, mm-hmm. of, lots of things. So I can say that. And when you see guys always just nicked up, are you always nicked up, or is it, you know, are you hurt or are you injured?
6: Yeah. And
7: to me, there's a certain case to that, because I've never seen someone get up so, like, just like the world is just on their shoulders after they make a play. You know, and, you know, he's a good player. He's a good teammate, but I don't know what's up with that. And it's been like that for a couple of years now.
3: Great comments from Eddie Steele. We appreciate his time in the trenches. You can catch him every week with us and during our pregame show as well with Daniela Ponticelli. Thanks for your time. Have a great weekend, Eddie. We'll talk soon.
7: Appreciate it, Ballsy. Take, take
3: care, man. Take care. That is Eddie Steele. When we come back, we got, well, right now we've got our Regina Red Sox report, and we'll hear from John Hodge of Three Down Nation. If you missed any of the show, you can check it out on a podcast forum at Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. Our province's older people deserve to live independently and affordably in their own communities and homes. Learn more and join the movement at skseniorsmechanism.ca show is brought to you by nelson homes applying home packages and rtms for over 65 years we'll get to more of your text nine three six sixty two sixty two. you can weigh in the good the bad the ugly what you thought of the game what you thought of the broadcast What you here's what people are getting upset about i'm gonna get the john hodge of three down nation in a second on the western pizza hotline some writer fans are uh, saying that i get too excited for the visiting team scoring Well, when your team doesn't score, what else are you going to get excited about, is what I would say. And it's a football play, and it's exciting, and I like the game. I'm more excited for the Riders, but uh, I'm not not going to get excited when I see a great play, like a one-handed catch for Eugene Lewis, or a kickoff return of 88 yards for a touchdown. Damn it, we don't see any kickoff returns in the great NFL. Do we see punt and kickoff returns in the... Oh, the NFL's the greatest. No, we see it in the CFL. So, of course, I'm going to get excited. So, that's my rebuttal to that. Would but you agree, what, Zinger? Yeah,
4: when you listen to your call, though, when the visiting team makes a big play, I, me, personally, I can still notice the difference because the inflection is still more downward compared to upward. Like, it, I, I could tell. Maybe it's because I've listened to a lot of football games that's before. That's right, and,
3: and you could tell when a true artist is doing his thing, That's right.
4: right. So, <laughs> don't don't you worry about it. Yeah,
3: don't you worry about Block it. Block the hate. By the way, Zinger, a little tutorial here before we get to John Hodge. If you want to listen to the broadcast, you, you pick a key spot in the game, like if it's a touchdown or a commercial break. Pause your TV till the radio catches up or vice versa. Then start, or your app is where people generally listen. Then mm-hmm. start your PVR, and don't touch your TV, and it should be synced in.
4: And if you don't have DVR on your TV yet, you have uh, over a week to get that set up there for Saturday. There you go. Saturday. Can't help
3: you. Can't help you if you've got an old black and white and the old rabbit ears. I can't help you, okay? Yeah. That means you're in it's radio. 2022 It means here. you're in radio and you can't afford anything else. Let's get out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Say hi to our friend John Hodge Three Down Nation. has got all the money. He's got the 60. How big's your TV at home, John?
11: Oh, I just bought a new one, Balzi. It's y- nice and big. Yeah, how big? Just bought a 75 inch. See,
3: look at the money they got. So That's I have, John, inch-
11: I have a
4: 75 <laughs> yeah, inch, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: hey, <laughs> hey, I mine's small, but it covers lots of the wall. Yeah, I know. Does that make sense? Well,
7: they, they say they it's, say it's, it's, yeah. it's how you use the size of the television.
3: That's I, right. That's right. right. Mine mine can turn all over and cover the whole room. So there you go. That's my TV. Anyway, guys, uh, this is a family portion of the show. John Hodge, I don't care what size of TV was on last night. The Rough Riders didn't look good. But I will tell you this. There's absolutely no reason for us to have Thursday Night Football. And don't give me the TSN television crap. Would they Rather have a crappy game broadcast, or would you rather have good uh, football on TV? Because that was terrible football product to watch yesterday and broadcast on the radio.
11: Well, I I think you can. I think there's a way that you can have your cake and eat it too. You just have to schedule it properly. I think the Riders were set up for a little bit of failure yesterday because they played Saturday. And they played west, right uh, of of yeah. where they're based, of course, out of Regina, and then they had to fly to the easternmost location and play on on four days' rest. They got
3: Which, hosed, John, John. They got hosed. Montreal's going to play Montreal. Every team goes through it. I get it. I'm not just saying this. And the Riders be out, but the Riders got hosed. Montreal's going to play at home, and then they're back to backer. First ones against Ottawa. You could hitchhike, like uh, John Hodge could could wagon over the Montreal Alouettes to Ottawa. That's how far it is. Like, come on, the Riders got hosed, man.
11: I would agree with that. And, and I think that I, I personally really like Thursday Night Football as a product, but I think that the league should do everything within its power to at the very least ensure that you don't have teams flying across the country and you certainly don't have teams who played on the previous Saturday playing in that game at least at least leave it to teams that were on the friday which is at least giving them five days because yes i i agree This this particular instance in the scheduling did not seem equitable and and the proof was in the pudding on the field
3: i just think for bigger cities uh, and you'll say well the people go to montreal canadian games or vancouver canuck games on a uh, on a uh on a Thursday, well, we're not at that level in the CFL. We got to rebuild it up, and I think that you should go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and at least for sure try to get those bigger centers on the Saturday or Sunday till the NFL fires up. So people, they—it's just a mentality that I got more time to get to the game, less excuses. You know what I mean? After work and all that stuff.
11: Well, I, I mean that, and that could be. I, I don't have the the data for attendance and ratings on a day per day basis, but I do know that there are some teams in the league that like having the Thursday games because they know that fans, especially in the summertime, want to get out to the lake on on Fridays mm-hmm. and, and enjoy their weekend. So I do think that there is a time and place for Thursday night football. It would just depend on, on each particular city, the culture, right? And, and also the time of year, right? Fans are not looking to get out on the weekend in November, but <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a beautiful June weekend, maybe, yeah, you do want to avoid yeah. the cabin Rush and, and, and the cottage folks who want to enjoy their, their second homes for the summertime when they can and the weather's nice.
3: That's a good uh, point. So uh, as we unpack this, a guy from the outside, I'm close to it because I cover the team. Uh, do you cons- uh, consider still the Rough Riders a, a good football team and that was just set up for failure like we said?
11: Well, I mean, I, I don't think the Riders should be entirely let off of the hook. I mean, th- there were extenuating circumstances with the scheduling. We know that Cody Fidarda was braced. He was not 100%. We know that Dan Clark suffered a terrible leg injury. Logan Bandy making his first career start, opposite of future Hall of Famer in Armando Sewell. So I do want to give credit to the riders where credit's due. They were not set up for success. However, they looked like a tired, disinterested football team. So I think there's, it's, I don't think this is a black and white situation. There, there's some gray here. Do I think the riders are still a good team? Absolutely, This is a long CFL season, right? We're back to 18 games this year. The CFL season is a marathon, not a sprint. And over the course of an 18-game season, doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have a bad game. The Riders had theirs yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, in my view, you, you burn the film and you move on, right? They get a chance to have a nice long rest now and then host these same Alouettes and prove their medal against the exact same team. And I think they're going to look a lot better, especially with – more opportunity for Logan Dandy to run the number one offense at center, time for Cody Fajardo to get back to 100%, hopefully. So, uh, absolutely. I I did not pick the Riders against the spread yesterday, uh, but they obviously did not look nearly as sharp as I think they are. So I think they're a good football team, but they got to prove it in week four.
3: John, I, I I rolled the dice in the money line tonight. You're not going to believe it. I bet it. I bet it all. I bet twelve bucks on the Hamilton Tiger Cats tonight. I had fifteen in my bank. I bet twelve on the Tabbies against uh, Winnipeg <laughs> straight up. I can't see Hamilton starting zero three.
11: I have also picked the Tiger Cats tonight. I have, and I think the Bombers are are an excellent football team. Just like I, I think the Riders are a very good team, and I, I the Stamps have actually impressed me for two weeks. The Stamps have been better than I thought they'd be but the Ticats I, I fully agree Dane Evans hasn't done quite enough to protect the football I think he'll be better tonight I think that this team at the end of the day still has one of the best front seven defensively in the league I believe that the offense is going to click right I think the receiving core is really underrated um, so I do think that the Ticats have a very legitimate chance to win tonight one thing that is interesting, I'm at IG Field right now, mm-hmm. and the weather is not good. There are rumors the game is going to be delayed, and we could see some rain, we could see some, some thunder, which is going to bring into play the line of scrimmage. So I'm very interested to see how both offensive and defensive lines deal with that in the
3: trenches my most intriguing matchup of the weekend i think calgary will uh will uh, handle edmonton i don't think that'll be a problem my most intriguing one is bc and toronto i want to see nathan rourke part two uh and i want to see if the bc lions can continue that momentum they win in week one and because we have a nine team league they have to get a bye. whereas the argos coming off uh uh they were lucky to get out of out of dodge with a victory and cote missed that makeable field goal of 21 yards they were rusty at the start especially on offense.
11: Yes, I'm really excited for that game, too, because I, I view those teams as the two biggest mysteries yep. in this league, right? They've only played one game apiece, and that's going to be true on Saturday. Well, almost every other team in the league has played three. So I'm very curious to see how Nathan working that offense looks. They have the benefit of surprise week one, right? They they rolled out a, a brand-new offensive system, one entirely different than Michael O'Reilly ran all year. They got the ball out quickly. They let Nathan Rourke use his legs, read half the field. Lots of run-pass option. James Butler had a breakout game. We've never seen him play like that before. Well, all of a sudden, the Argos have had two weeks to sit back and watch that film, right? They, they do not have the element of surprise. I don't know what the ticket sales are like for this game, but I don't think the Lions are going to have 34,000 in the building again and have that crowd to feed off of. So I'm very interested to see the extent to which The Lions can recreate that success from week one they're also not playing the Elks who let's just be honest have been by far and away the worst team in the CFL to start this young season so that's the game I'm most looking forward to because I want to know is BC for real because if they can repeat that type of performance and handle the Argonauts look out all of a sudden I think the, the BC Lions should be in the conversation for best team in the West after a miserable season in 2021.
3: John Hodge from Three Down Nation from IG Field in Winnipeg. Enjoy the game tonight if and when it gets played, and we will chat next week. Thanks for your time, my friend.
11: Thanks, Ballsy. Anytime.
3: John Hodge joining us with some great words there on the CFL. Trying to walk me off the ledge as it relates to Thursday Night Football. When we come back, we'll get to some texts and we'll hear from Duke Williams. This is the Sports Cage with Ballsy and Zinger on 620 CKRM. It's
4: 5.50, Here inside the sports cage, time for your sports ticker. It's brought to you by Bronco Plumbing. Heating and cooling, they're hiring. Starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus signing bonus. Give them a call at 781-2090. We just heard from John Hodge of 3 Down Nation. Looks like the game in Winnipeg might be delayed a bit. Thunder, lightning, rain, you name it. It's all in the area right now around Guinea Pig, Manitoba. So we shall see uh, what time the kickoff is there. Hamilton, Winnipeg tonight, a juicy doubleheader tomorrow. And I mean juicy. Edmonton uh, taking on the Calgary Peters at McMahon Stadium. And then the nightcap: Toronto Argonauts taking on the BC Lions. 8 p.m. kickoff from BC Place.
3: All right, so uh, Zinger, let's get to some texts at nine three six sixty two sixty two. Our text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, number one GM dealership in the province, up there in the corner of Rochedale and Pasqua.
4: Yeah, we got a lot of texts flowing oh. in here. Keep them on coming too. There's something. You- i got to pull the monitor. I forgot my glasses today, Ballsy, oh, so i got to get this. Do I have this... to
3: come in there and read? What? I... Do I have to do everything?
4: Yeah, oh, man. MS deteriorating my eyes. i oh, got a wasting excuses, disease.
3: excuses, excuses, excuses. <laughs> oh, poor me. Nobody I got has diabetes. it worse. I got diabetes and I'm old. What do you want to <laughs> trade? Nobody
4: has it worse than me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Heather Heather from Ottawa, she thinks uh, Thursday night football is the worst. Yeah. She uh, went to Montreal for the game yesterday, and uh, she says totally support you and your campaign against thursday games the team looked tired from the gecko and i think it's just unfair not only to them but to those who drove all the way there to watch such yeah. a poor game and uh, she goes on to say but i have another question <clears throat> I wanted to listen to your play-by-play in the stadium, but uh, the commentary on the app was just a, a bit behind the actual play. Is there any way uh, to fix that? Well, unless
3: you tell them to stop, <laughs> I don't know. I Live, I can't do anything. Yeah,
4: I wish. I wish I had an answer to that because I, I, I've run into the same issue sometimes when I'm at games down south and I want to listen to the play-by-play, and sometimes it's just, you know. It, there needs i i gotta take something to the shark tank or something yeah you know there to has get to be
3: this. something like that. there has Absolutely. to be something dragon's
4: den or something so I'm, i'll am i work on the answer for that heather right now i'm just a, i just don't know cam texted in as well hi zinger i agree with ballsy and eddie uh uh on the time thing so thanks for the text cam you're wrong though no. uh he goes on to say however uh, teams need to scout the tendencies of the upcoming uh, officiating team as much as the game plan for these days. The stats on Prue uh, Andre Pru's crew is that uh, they throw more offside penalties than any other crew. They do in scout in the Canadian football. They League. do scout. They and,
3: do. They do pre-scout yeah. it.
4: And he goes out to say the Riders weren't prepared for that, and for Harris, uh, you know, varying the snap count and the cadence and all that. Pretty simple stuff to prepare for. In my view, Cam says, and he goes on to say the officiating crew last night missed so many penalties by the Owls, I could have changed the score and the game flow at least two un- Uncalled infractions, Cam said, wow, on the opening Cam's kickoff. Upset. And at least they got the one right that Kahari challenged. Remember that one? Yeah. That he challenged it. Clear block in the back, by the way. I don't know what Kahari was doing uh, there.
3: Gagne on uh, Nicholas Daly. Uh, uh, I don't know.
4: I, maybe someone needed to go to the washroom or something on the sidelines. He was. find some... Offside,
3: t- Saskatchewan! Offside, buying... <laughs> Saskatchewan! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: Sean and Moosejaw. Do we have time for another text, by the way? Sure, one? go ahead. Uh, yeah. Sean and Moose Jaw, Hi there. Or that's from uh, May 30th. Never mind. But Sean and Moose Jaw says, uh, oh, he's name-calling. Balls! he, he called you an idiot, oh. Sean and Moose Jaw, about the time thing. So, oh. But uh, yeah, the text line's about 50-50 when it comes to that. We've got some people on my side, some on your side. So, Oh, another one just came in. National Research Council time signal. Uh, This texter says, Sask is true central standard time and non-daylight savings. This is why the provincial swaps with Manitoba, Alberta. I don't really understand that one. Yeah, but I don't either. Uh, so
3: that means I'm right and they're wrong and you're wrong and Eddie and I are right. Eddie lived in Winnipeg and this is my show and I might be an idiot, yeah. but I'm right and everybody else is wrong. Now that's it for text. Yeah, I got to rest my voice here. Yeah, rest your voice. We're too popular. Can we go back to being unpopular? Yeah, I bad. liked it better when we were unpopular. <laughs> I hey. could,
4: you could kick my feet up again.
9: Yeah, okay. So
3: uh, <laughs> hit it. Uh, I want to hear from the Duke. Let's hear from uh, Duke Williams.
9: Duke, uh, you guys were behind early. Right? Uh, Talk about just your initial impressions of how the game played out from there.
0: Um, First and foremost, credit to my team for finishing strong, you know, it wasn't the outcome we wanted it to be, and on a personal level, I played bad, felt like I could have played way better than I played, so you know, that's the kind of accountability on me, I gotta come prepare even more next week, it was a short week, but that's not an excuse, you know, so we just gotta come out and continue to grind, coach said it was gonna be a tough one on a Thursday night, like I said before, a short week, they, they were 0-2, and two, a home opener, so you know, I know they was amped up and ready to play, first play of the game, they housed a kickoff, so I know it's gonna be a dog fight after that, but, you know, every dog have his day, and, and today was our day, I'm glad It happened early in the season, so now we can make corrections and get it better.
9: That's actually, you know, one of the things we were excited about is is you spending a whole year here and really – getting some of that attitude that you have into the locker room so how do you do you sort of you know go about your leadership role now with especially with that young core of receivers
0: oh i gotta i gotta step up even more now you know tonight them young bulls seen how adversity really hit but now we got to learn how to handle it you know we could have came back we, we we started making mistakes you know like that that's not us and once we make the correction we need to make as a team come back we off tomorrow come back saturday watch film and and you know It's going to be criticism, so we just got to take it to the chin. We know we made mistakes out there on the field. We gave them a chance, you know, to to do what they did to us today. You know, they're a good team, but we know we're a better team for sure. And we just didn't play like it tonight. So next week they got to come to our house, and I promise you it won't be the same.
9: Yeah, we won't keep you long, but, you know, talk about, you know, when you have a loss like this, how hard is it to pull the positives out? Because you got to watch this film, right, and you still got to build on certain things, right?
0: Oh, there's always positives in, in, in a bad situation, you know. We pro, we pro At least we, we win some, we lose some, but we got to look at it as a positive thing because now we can really learn from it, and next week this shouldn't happen again. Next week we shouldn't have a lot of penalties. Next week we shouldn't have turnovers, but it's, it's part of the game. It's about how we bounce back, and tonight we didn't bounce back how we were supposed to as a team. And like I said, I hold myself accountable because I feel like if I would have played better, I could have gave us more juice, but I didn't. So that's my fault, and I got to do better next week.
9: All right, that's leadership, man. Get healthy, have a good practice week. We'll Thank see you great. next week. You. That's the offensive player, Duke Williams. And he might be
3: called upon big time now with Shaq uh, hobbled by what we think is an ankle injury. When we come back in the other side at 6 o'clock, we'll hear from the color commentator on the BC Lions Radio Network, Julio Caravatic, get his thoughts on the big game against the Toronto Argonauts, still awaiting the Bombers to start with Hamilton in Winnipeg. Friday night football could be delayed because of inclement, shaky weather there in Winnipeg, Manitoba. We'll also do our pick six and uh, get to our highlights from last night's game. We call it the Sports Cage Rewind. We'll do that before the show is over. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors
4: Mechanism, advocating for Saskatchewan's older people for 30 years.
3: SKSeniorsMechanism.ca. Welcome to the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over. 65 years. Keep the text coming. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. Our text line powered by Capital GMC, Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. Even if you think I'm an idiot, I'm okay with idiot texts. Good, bad, otherwise. I got a thick enough skin to read them. Well, Zinger does. He'll read them. He doesn't care as long as you're not cutting down Zinger. Then he'll start to cry, leave the control room, and I have to do all the jobs. So. Yeah, like I had to do that t- twice last week. I know. I don't, I don't want, want to see do that cr- anymore. It's the uh, weekend. I don't I want to see go home cr- happy tonight. That's right. That's right. And I, next time, bring your glasses so you minimize the excuses for your terrible performance. Okay. Oh, all right. Me? <laughs> all right. Uh, when we head out in the Western Pizza Hotline, we want to tell you that no time to cook. Well, order Western Pizza. It's a perfect meal that fits your hectic summer schedule. When this guy comes to Saskatchewan the next time, I'm going to take him out for a Western pizza. He's Julio Caravatta, color commentator on the BC Lions Radio Network. Have you had a Western pizza yet?
5: No,
12: but I, you know me, I will gladly, gladly follow you. To the Western I'm going to take. we're going to go, we're going to, you're going to. have my gonna, favorite pl- things to eat.
3: Yeah, well, that's good. And, and, and one of my favorite things is to visit you. I'm glad we get to do it on the phone, but yeah. when you come to town, my treat, I'll take you to Spiro's place in South Regina and we'll go Western pizza it for sure. Wings and good. pizza. Okay. Let's talk about quarterbacking. Cody Fajardo. Some fans calling in here last night. They're upset. Some people talk about <laughs> inaccuracy, inconsistency, forgetting that he had completed 72.4% of his passes just behind Nathan Roy who would only played one game. But the question I have for you is, this guy is banged up. He had one day of practice. He's on a left knee brace. How much does uh, uh, even a minor tweak of a knee, I don't know what the extent is. I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not into likes and clicks, so I'm not going to start spreading rumors. But you played quarterback. How much, yeah. does a, how much does a knee injury affect the quarterback's psyche, his mentality, and even his precision passing the ball? Because I would think planting, uh, you know, it's your left knee if you're a right-handed quarterback
12: yeah oh yeah no it it has an effect there's no question about it um you know obviously it has has an effect physically because as you say right like you're you're planting on that leg and especially you know with Cody, he's a, he's a guy that is very mobile like he's moving he's constantly moving and you know I just I just watched that uh game um I I, I taped it and uh watched it uh just recently or just a few hours ago with uh, Montreal and, and Saskatchewan and you know, he, he's a guy that was he was under siege. You know, I mean, he, he he didn't have much time on at, at, at certain plays. And um, but as far as the injury goes, it has an effect on you physically and and I think mentally, right? Like I think if you know there there's there's a problem there or the pain there or whatever it is, like that starts to wear on you, right? And and it is sometimes um, it can affect obviously your 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 accuracy because maybe he's not putting all the pressure on it. He can't transfer all his weight. He can't twist. He can't turn. All those things come into play that can have a real effect on on your ability to complete passes.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, Trevor Harris uh, made a claim for the starting quarterback spot. Now, there already was a mm-hmm. bit of a, a quarterback controversy, but controversy averted last night because uh, Vernon Adams had COVID. But I would say when the, mm-hmm. when the door of opportunity swings open, Trevor Harris, the veteran, uh, stepped in, did pretty good, well over 200 yards passing, uh, directed a nice long touchdown pass, a couple nice drives, uh, got aided by some really good special teams with Chandler Worthy, oh. but a pretty good performance from Trevor Harris.
12: Well, I think that's what you—you know—I mean that's why you have—you they have him there. I mean, I, I think that uh, you know I talked to Kari Jones in the off-season about that, and he said, "Listen, you know, I mean, uh, we'd be foolish not to bring this guy in, right?" He he wanted to come in on the deal that he came in on, um, and you know they, they, he provides a very nice security blanket. You know I, I said to you in the off-season, I was shocked that the Lions didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, given their scenario with Nathan Rourke, I sure Nathan's going to be the quarterback, but. To me, at the time, Nathan would have been the guy that would have been. If I'm a veteran quarterback and I had to go somewhere to back somebody up, who would I who would I think would be the best choice where I see myself playing? It would be with a rookie, uh, or you know, essentially a rookie. Um, it wouldn't have been behind Vernon Adams, um, but you know, when he chose to go there and you know, played his role, then. You know, I think the Montreal was was very fortunate, and and this is the reason why you bring a guy like that. You know, Trevor's Trevor's been around the league. He knows, he knows the league. He knows how to win. Um, and um, you know, that was a pretty seamless transition. You know, I I was a little surprised at how quickly that happened, and I know that they probably said that oh he had a gut feeling. I think there's more at play there. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of turns itself.
3: Weather delay in Winnipeg right now. We're expecting the Bombers to start at 6.30, but it's been delayed, 6.30 yard time, it's been delayed by 45 minutes because of inclement weather. I uh, picked Hamilton tonight. I have a tough time believing Orlando Steinauer's team starts 0-3. Yeah,
12: you know, and I, I think too, like, you know, and, and you know, we didn't get a chance to talk last week about the Saskatchewan-Montreal game, but, you know, I, I, and this is when you play a team like Montreal who was 0-2 and the way that they lost, Right, you know, you know, eventually you're gonna get some breaks, right? You know, you're gonna get, you know, your opportunities. The ball's gonna bounce your way because they're too good a team. They, I mean, had they gone 0 and 3, I would have been shocked. And the same can be said about Hamilton, right? Like they're they're a good team, and um, you know that losing last week and when you're up by 24 really really hurts them. So, you know, it's, it's gonna be interesting, Ballsy, because you know how sometimes that works right you, you, if you're if you lose a game like that where you're up and um what does it do to your psyche what does it do to the mental approach of your team right like that's something that it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back um because that was a brutal loss uh, uh you know that they took against the Stampeders.
3: really looking forward to your game the uh bc lions yeah. and the toronto argonauts first off what's ticket sale what are ticket sales like
12: I don't you know I mean I heard I heard right around twenty right now, so which will be good. You know, uh you know, the unfortunate part here is that, you know, we have had a terrible start to our summer and this week, um, it is just and actually in the last couple of days it has absolutely been gorgeous. They're predicting it's probably gonna be thirty degrees on Saturday, um thirty two on Sunday, so um you know, that's the problem that the Lions have here, right, in the summertime is that, you know, a lot of people have been cooped up and um, they want to go out and enjoy the weather. So um, they're hoping to get 20000 And, um, again, uh, I think the Lions, if they can keep doing what they're doing, right, obviously last week or two weeks ago was, yeah. was such a huge, huge, um, you know, game for them. I think, it, you know, even though maybe they don't have as big a crowd, it could still start to b- build some momentum here, right? And and really, if they can do that through the summer, it is going to be in the fall that this team really can start to show itself um, with attendance, because that's when people are going to start, you know, going down there. It, the summer it's tough sell here; it really is. Mm-hmm. There's just too much to do.
3: So we so, need we need ten teams in this league. We've talked about it for one reason. Yeah. Uh, for one reason, it gives you the natural li- rivalry on Labor Day, East versus West. Uh, it also uh, stops uh, Toronto from opening with the buy and BC from uh, halting their momentum with a nice thirty four thousand yeah. uh, uh, you know uh, attendance. And then you, then you got uh, a big butt kick in there that you guys did well. And then you have to halt the momentum. So I'm really interested. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm in, I'm really interested to see. Uh, week number two for the Lions, can Nathan Roar keep it going? Can the BC Lions keep it going? These two teams, to me, were the most mysterious coming into the season.
12: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, it's funny, I asked Nathan Roark that today, like, you know, uh, did the the, the bye kind of hurt you? or? And he didn't feel like, you know, they, that it did. And and I think, too, when you look at the bye early on, like, I know people, especially after the way they won, you think to yourself, oh, you know Mina, mean? It's going to hurt their momentum, blah, blah, blah. But I think from a physical standpoint, you know, I mean, the, the break was probably good for them physically. And he'd say that to me, like, because they've been going for, you know, since the beginning of May pretty hard. Right. And then into training camp. And um, so, you know, he said from a physical standpoint, it's, it's a nice break. He goes, but he didn't feel and I, you know, I went to three practices this week. Uh, I didn't get any sense of a team that looked, uh, you know, lethargic or. You know, they I think they really feel good about themselves and what they did. Now that's very difficult to replicate, right? You mean you that everything was almost you know flawless uh, for them, uh, but um, you know it, they they now have the pressure of of trying to repeat a performance like that, right? And um, it'll be interesting to see what you know what they're able to do against a team that probably you're not going to surprise, right? Nathan Rourke, what he did is it's on film, people skit um, you know, I'm sure that Toronto's defense—they're going to try to come after him and, and, and you know, make him make decisions quickly, like they do for all young quarterbacks. But uh, um, well, that's the first thing you hear. He... That's
6: the
3: first thing you hear. Wow! Now it—now the tape's out. Now they're—now they—now they're, now they, now they're <laughs> going to know how to defend him. Well, do people not realize that he also had an extra week to prepare? Yeah, yeah,
12: yeah. And and, and so it was funny. I said to my go, you know, he's a young guy, right? He, yeah. I, I, you know, I. I said to him, I said, "So what'd you do in your, your, you know, what'd you do with your time off? Like what'd you do?" He goes, "Well, I, uh, I said you golf." Like are you, he goes, "No, I don't golf." I, I said, "So what'd you do?" He goes, well, "I, I went on a couple of hikes." I said, "Y'all, Yo, you know, awesome." I said, "Did you do any mountain biking?" We got fantastic. We got world class mountain biking. No, no, I don't, I don't do that. I said, "So what else did you do?" I, you know, I got kind of bored, then I just started breaking down film. So I, said, so you know, I don't know how much of a, I don't know how much of a break he took. I think. He's just a kid that he loves the game, and, you know, I think he's he's really, really all in. And you're right, he's, um, you know, people have a time to prepare against him, and he also is doing the same against them. So, um, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to see a young quarterback like that, Ballsy, right? Like,
3: he mm, you not know,
12: come around very often, and, and especially, too, that he's Canadian. Yeah. Um, that, that, to me, really, really is going to, you know, if, if he continues the way that he's going... Um, that is a story that is going to continue to grow, and um, it's going to be a real feel-good story for this league.
3: Another guy that's got to get marketed more, last last point uh, directed towards you. I uh, watched him last night. I think he was picked on TSN's top 50 as number, I want to say number 10. He was the third top receiver in the league behind Burnham and, uh, I believe, Whitehead. Eugene Lewis is a top five player oh. in this league. He is a top five player in this league. I don't care what anybody says.
12: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You mean he's uh he's such a big target and you know a few of those you know when you're when you're a quarterback when you have a guy like that if you're throwing a ball the the window to throw him the ball is so big right and yeah His ability to kind of turn and contort and go throw behinds and um he 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 always seems to whenever I see two like I use him as an example for my kids in high school saying about you know attacking at football at its highest point like he just seems to always be doing the right things uh when he goes out and catches the football. So I'm I'm a big fan. I really do like his game and 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 I'm with you on that uh, assessment. I really do uh, believe he's a he's a superstar in this
8: league.
3: Have a good call man. Always love your work. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule, Julio Caravatta.
12: I appreciate it, buddy. All Take right. care of yourself. Okay, we'll talk soon. Yeah, to yeah you we'll later. hook up
3: Western Pizza when you come to town. That is Julio Caravatta joining us when we come back. We will uh do our uh, sports cage rewind and get to some of your texts to close the show up. This is the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on six twenty CKRM. Oh, hi there, sports cage for Nelson Holmes watching the Memorial Cup. Hamilton two and Edmonton one. So there you go, Hamilton two and Edmonton one. In uh, Memorial Cup action, Edmonton is, I believe, a one and one and Hamilton is yet to win. Hey, the Riders lost 37-13 to the Montreal Alouettes, and uh, here's how it sounded. Ball, and Worthy catches it at his 22 on this near side, across the 30, across the 35, 40, 45, 50, he's on the run, and he could go! Chandler Worthy, 20. Now Fakes the hand up. He's going to throw it out here. That's a One-handed catch. What a play by Eugene Lewis. And it'll be close to a first down. Whoa. Here's the kick. It's up. And it's good. He's corrected his mistakes. And it's 10-0. Montreal lead 39. Cody takes the shotgun snap. Throws a crosser. Two-handed catch. It's Mitch Pickton breaking tackles. And Pickton, who had the game-clinching touchdown from 28 yards out last week. Corey Bedvick, the snap by Hughes, the hold by Bedvick, the kick by Lothar is up. And Brett Lothar is 10 of 11 on the season. And Harris going down the right sideline. A man behind. Coverage to the 20, to the 10, to the house. can Julian, Grant. Harris looking to the end zone. He throws and that is incomplete. Good coverage by Milligan on Reggie White Jr. From about the 26th of Montreal. Here comes the rush. Harris steps up. He's thrown to this near sideline. Jump ball. And is it caught by Eugene Lewis? Are you kidding me? Eugene Lewis with a limb. catch on the sidelines. Oh, there's a snap past Harris. He's got to scramble back, and it's a huge loss of 25 yards. Pickton stays in the block. Cody's going up top. Down for Duke. A jump ball, and Duke caught it! Wow! Duke Williams Caught that football on the deflection, lying on his back at the 50. That's the biggest play of the day for your Rough Riders. This is old Bell Beckham-like. The Alouettes, 23. Your Rough Riders, 3. Cody takes the snap, swings it out here to Hickson. Hickson to the 40. it to the 35-30. Hickson skips inside, and he's got a first down. Great job by the Liberty Flame. Takes a shotgun snap, and throws quickly. Low, picked up, and DeClaude. Is in for a touchdown. Field goal is good from Cote. So the misery continues. Thirty-three to six now. Cody throws and that one is picked up and it's coming back. Throwing it deep is fine. Caught. Duke Williams. Tackle inside the twenty-five at the twenty-yard line. First and goal from the five. Looking to his left. Throws to the end zone. That one is caught in the back. Duke Williams. Touchdown. All right, so that's how it was. Riders lose 37 13. They get another crack in Montreal on July the 2nd. Let's head out on the hotline. Say hi to caller Andrew. Hi, Andrew.
6: Hey, Baldy. Great show. I uh, listen to you every day after work while I'm working out, and I really appreciate uh, all that you do there.
3: Thanks, man. Appreciate that. But
6: I got a question. I'm not going to repeat. I just want to say that. Whenever you win, it's never as good as you think. And whenever you lose, it's never as bad as you think. Right. I think there's a lot of good that's. I don't think anybody has to panic after what happened last night. We all are not really surprised based on the short week and no Dan Clark.
3: No, but, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
6: Yeah. yeah, the other question I have for you is about these stupid air horns that the fans in Montreal are allowed to use, and I think they have them in Toronto too. Yeah, uh, I, I stuck with those. They're terrible.
3: Yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 I knew they were there, but when you're busy doing the game, and the one thing about Montreal Stadium for me is they don't have. Uh, a score clock that tells you down and distance. So you basically have to, and I'm on the 15-yard uh, line where my broadcast booth is just to paint a picture. So the ball's the other end of the field or towards the other end of the field. I got to have my binoculars out to see how far the riders got to go and everything. So I really wasn't, or the teams have to go. So I really wasn't paying attention to it, but a couple of people had uh, got a hold of me on social media and told me, hey, can you tell people to shut off their horns? Well, I have no, I have no say in that, but you know what? Honestly, Andrew, at this point, as long as there's fans in the stands in Toronto and Montreal, that's all I care about. To be quite honest with you,
6: I agree with you. But on TV, it sounds like such bush lead.
3: What I don't like, uh, what I don't like, is so our audio. Some of our audio, actually, uh, how our audio at the stadium was was uh, tied into. Uh, RDS's TV, and so I don't like even more like you watch the Stanley Cup Final tonight. Chris Cuthbert calling the game, for instance, they have the crowd noise too loud and it drowns out the announcer. I, I, and, and it's it's ridiculous, actually. Why do you have an announcer if you can't hear him? And I'm not saying that the announcer's the not, uh, the most important point, but why should the announcer be trying to strain over the crowd noise? The crowd noise should should be the sizzle, not the steak, so to speak. Agreed. Yeah. So agreed.
6: I, I just think that if I lived in montreal and somebody with an air horn was within a hundred feet of me <laughs> i wouldn't want to be at that
3: game well you might be able to beat him up since you're working out so much while listening to the sports cage <laughs> hey andrew hey you have yourself well, a good, I, you have yourself a good weekend man we'll talk to you uh, later and you're welcome to call anytime thanks so much have a good weekend all right that's andrew calling in uh, working out while listening to the sports cage uh, do we got another quick text before we go here you got anything there, Zinger?
4: Here, uh my beef, my beef with the riders game, this texture says. He doesn't like the game plan. He doesn't like uh Cody hanging on to the ball too long uh for so long. And he also doesn't like Cody taking these quarterback sneaks with his uh uh knee injury.
3: Yeah, I don't know about having him there in there with the knee injury. Almondo Sewell uh, got him pretty good on one of those plays. Uh, but it's also tough bringing a guy cold off the bench too I know teams do it I I'm I'm okay with your starter being in there I'm not but not if he has any injury for sure
4: yeah I, and uh, we've got another one from uh David and moocho saying he uh, enjoyed the show today keep up the good work guys and uh, I think the riders are gonna win by at least two touchdowns coming up here on Saturday oh, it'll
3: be a close game I I would put it a touchdown win for the riders I'd like to see two uh, let's get the guys healthy and on the same page and get going that's uh, what I I want to
4: see. And uh, di- I always forget how to pronounce this guy's last name. David DeLaForest. De see, you know before... I, yeah, he says uh, uh, the game is at 6.30 tonight. I think this is uh, when we were talking about the yeah. time difference and yeah, stuff.
3: Yeah, Dave is a big... Uh, Dave, we call him Wheelchair Dave. He goes to all the sporting events. He's a nice. huge rider fan. He likes the Pats. He cheers for the Canucks, so you know he's not cheering long, so then he picks up his favorite next team, which is the Oilers or the yeah. Flames or whatever. Like I'll...
4: That. I'll Say your name right. Eventually, Dave. David? I'm Sorry, man. David Della
3: yeah. Della Forest.
4: David Della Forest. There
3: you go. There we go. Seesinger.
4: Let's head home for the weekend. Yeah, huh? let's go home for the weekend. I note. <laughs>
3: yeah, I note. Leave on a high note. Let's go home and watch the Hamilton Tiger Cats blitz the Bombers when they get around to playing. What score do you got?
4: I can't remember. I'll have to go back in the podcast, which uh, our listeners should go check ah, out for Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism I later. I Let's leave it <laughs> on a high note. That's
3: what we call a tease. Zinger and I will be back on Monday. Roy Shivers will join us then. Glenn Suter will join us then. Craig Dickinson will join us then. You don't want to miss it. We'll have some more fun getting ready for the Riders and the Alouettes part duh. This has been the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. The
4: Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism, working to make affordable home supports for seniors a reality. SKseniorsmechanism.ca